0: Vikings Nation, get ready to dive deep into the Skull State of Mind. Join our host, D Woods, as he shares his unfiltered takes on all things Vikings, from expert game analysis to player controversies and everything in between. If you love the Vikings for better or worse, then you've come to the right place. So grab a drink and let's talk all things purple and gold. This is the Skull State of Mind Podcast. Welcome to the Skull State of Mind Podcast. I'm your host, D Woods, and I know we're a little disappointed right now with the Minnesota Vikings starting the season 0-2. I mean, we thought that win was in the bag with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but we lost. Now, there was a little bit, you know, some people thought we could win in Philadelphia. Some people didn't think so, but it happened. We didn't win, so the Minnesota Vikings are 0-2 to start the season. Now, I got a couple of topics I want to run through real quick to give you guys my opinion on why I think the Minnesota Vikings are struggling and maybe a couple of things that we can fix down the line so maybe we can have a successful season. All right. One of the biggest deals, one of the biggest issues with the Minnesota Vikings right now is the offensive line. Feels like, you know, Brian O'Neill is great, but everything outside of O'Neill is either injured or just can't play. So I was one of those guys, you know, on Twitter, you know, even on my channel basically saying, like, let's give Ed Ingram some time. I think it's going to develop. And I also was one of those guys saying, hey, let's let the, Vic- let's let the Vikings O-line get some continuity and maybe they can gel together because that's going to be good for them. But as of right now, they're going to get Kirk Cousins killed. I mean, O'Neill it's been consistent, like I said. But Ed Ingram and his dumb mistakes and not knowing what to do, who to block, and then Garrett Bradbury is basically out because he has a bad back, the same injury he had last year. And you got Austin Slotman basically playing the backup role. So, you know, the other opposing defenses are going to scheme and try to, you know, just take advantage of him. Then you got Ezra Cleveland, where, you know, I would say he's a decent guard. He's not like all world or whatever, but we all know he's playing out of position because he was drafted as a tackle. Then you got Christian Derisov. His season last season was great, and he had a couple of injuries, missed a few games, but – He's already hurt now for an ankle injury. I mean, he suited up, you know, for the last game against the Philadelphia Eagles, but didn't really play. Ole Udo came in there, and I think Ole Udo's out for the season with some kind of lower leg, body injury or whatever. You know, prayers up for him. Hope he can get, you know, get well soon. So you're actually on your third (laughs) tackle on the left side. So, I mean – I just feel like I was wrong with, you know, my takes on the O-line thinking they're going to get better, that they're just going to gel together. But I just feel like the rate that they're going now and like they're not playing good, that the farther along we get into the season, it's just going to get worse. You know, I don't know if signing a guy off the street is going to help, but the Vikings just did it. The Vikings just signed ex-Denver Bronco guard Dalton Reisner. Now, I'm going to tell you guys how I feel about the situation. I felt a long time ago that Dalton Reisner was available for all 32 teams at the start of free agency, but no one bit. I feel no one really brought him in you know, for a workout besides the Minnesota Vikings. I know that. You know, he's he's familiar with some of the coaching staff or whatever. And I kind of thought that was like just basically throwing him a bone so he can kind of, you know, be in the media and other guys can interview him or whatever. But that's over now. We in week two. And I always felt like can a guy that hasn't been touted and is available right now, is he even good? Well, now we're going to see. A lot of y'all on Twitter contacting Reisner and you know saying Reisner is gonna be the end all source and this everything gonna get better. As of right now, we don't know. I don't see Reisner coming in this week and actually playing unless somebody gets hurt. I don't think he's starting. We don't even know what which guard position is he gonna start it, start at. He's played left guard majority of his whole career, and I don't know if he's gonna to move to the right side. Or are they gonna move Cleveland to the to the right side and let Risner play the left side? We really don't know. I mean I just hope that he doesn't suck because you know a lot of people out there which is Ryzen is gonna be the answer. And I I feel like how can someone be an answer when they're available basically the third week of the season because nobody wanted them. So I don't know what we're getting in Dawson Risner. What I want to see in Dalton Reisner is I want I want him to help solidify this offensive line and if he can do that it's a win it's not a big deal it's not fully guaranteed but let's work it out and see what happens and I might even come back to offensive line again you know within this video but just stay tuned we got more topics to talk about all right let's talk about Alexander Madison and K.J. Osborne in their new roles. Look, don't panic. These dudes were backups, okay? Now teams are game-planning against these guys because you have Alexander Madison, who for the past couple of years was your second-string running back, all right? Yes, he flashed when Dalvin Cook got hurt a couple of hundred yard games, whatever, but now he's the guy. And it's different when you become the guy because now teams have way more tape on you. Teams are going to game plan on you and take away what you do best. But the thing with Alexander Madison, which I believe just like we talked about with the offensive line, the offensive line has been stinking it up all season and even last season. So I don't even think that they are creating lanes for Madison to actually run through. Like, basically, when he gets handed the ball, there's already a guy in the backfield, you know, like, hey, what's up? What are you on? So if the offensive line gets better and creates more lanes for Alexander Madison, I believe that he can build a rhythm. But when I'm talking about him building a rhythm, Kevin O'Connell has to be able to to be patient with the running game and allow his running backs, if it's Alexander Madison Ty Chandler or whoever is in the backfield to actually build the rhythm because you can't just say, okay, we only gave him eight carries and that's it. So we're just going to be pass happy. If you start running the ball more consistently, that will actually help out your offensive line because like my boy, Tony Bell always say offensive linemen want to go forward more than they want to go backwards. So if you think about the game with the Philadelphia Eagles, they basically had a series where they ran the ball 16 times. That basically was just their offensive line just being more gritty, you know, more dangerous, more ready to get after it than our defensive line and linebackers. They just basically punked them. They was our defense with their little bitches at that time. So, you have to give your offensive line, you know, the opportunity to do the same thing. So Kevin O'Connell, hear me out there? Hey, don't abandon the run so much, all right? But we still don't know. Jury's still out. Even if I do give him the running lanes, we still don't know what kind of running back is going to be because the jury's still out. But I'm optimistic about it. But let's talk about KJ Osborne. KJ Osborne started this team, you know, when he was drafted as a basically kick returner, punt returner guy. And he flashed multiple times in a couple of seasons, you know, making big catches, you know, being open and stuff like that. But you got to understand that, just like I said about Andrew Madison, KJ Osborne flashed a lot last year in a wide receiver three role because people wasn't really worried about Adam Thielen like that no more. And they had to focus a lot of their attention to Justin Jefferson. So when you got a guy that's your third receiver getting open, making plays, it creates the, oh, my God, he's good. He should be wide receiver two now. But now he is wide receiver two. And now you, the same people, are saying, oh, he needs to be benched. I do understand if you the ball hits you in the hands, you used to catch it, and he has cost – turnover, interception, whatever, 50% his problem, 50%, you know, Kevin um, Kirk Cousins problem. Sorry. But I just say pump the brakes a little bit. Let's be a little patient and let things develop because we already know Justin Jefferson didn't necessarily start his first couple of games as a Minnesota Viking. It took him about three games to learn all the plays, all the routes or whatever before he was solidified as a number two receiver and then became the number one receiver. So, let's not just all say Jordan Addison needs to be number two right now because let's let it play out, please. All right. Defensive scheme. All right. Brian Flores. Okay. I'm going to try to say this the right way without stepping on toes or whatever. I say, like, when it comes to... Defending the pass, we got it. I think we're good. But as I talked about earlier, defending the run, I don't know if we can do it because I don't think we have the horses in the stable to actually get it done. Now, I don't know what the hell Brian Flores was thinking, bringing in more safeties and one linebacker to stop the run. I mean, (laughs) you got bullied. You got punked. so. I mean I really don't know how to articulate it much because I'm just disappointed of the def- of the performance that our defensive, you know, unit did last week, you know, with the Philadelphia Eagles because it's like 200 yards, bro. Like like the I mean Swift is a is a good running back, but he's not Adrian Peterson. I mean, let's just be real. We we got fucking embarrassed Thursday night against the Philadelphia Eagles. So, like I said before, defending the pass, I think we got it. But I don't know if we got the bodies to actually stack up against these bigger offensive linemen to stop their run. I mean, if Austin Eckler does play, you know, next week against the Chargers, like, I really want to see – what Brian Flores can dial up to actually stop the run. I mean, we cool on the pass, but you got to stop the run. And if a team knows that you can't stop one phase of their offense, they're just going to do that one thing until the game is over and you fucking lost. So let's get it together. Now, i have been saying on a couple of live videos that our linebackers are basically – too damn small. And what I'm saying about that is, it's like, I understand the the pro the pro football focus grades and like, oh my God, Ivan Pace is, he's all over the field. We gave up 200 yards last week. I don't want to hear that shit. I don't want to hear how good Ivan Pace is when I'm watching the goddamn game and the guard reaches the second level and he's washed completely out. Like, yes, he's making tackles, but is he making any tackles for loss? Is he making any any stop plays where, boom, he's stopping the, the running back at the line of scrimmage? We got too many guys on this team that specialize in stopping the pass and not too many guys that specialize in stopping the goddamn run. So you can miss me with the Ivan Pay shit because if we have another game where – the Minnesota Vikings get ran over and people are still talking, oh, yeah, but Ivan Pace, you know, he had a good PFF grade. It don't mean shit to me because the defense got abused. And Ivan Pace is, what, 5'10"? Asamoa is barely six feet. We only have one real linebacker on the team, and that's the reason why Jordan Hicks doesn't come off the field. Okay? We have to stop getting so goddamn cute on offense and defense. Hey, get you some goddamn linebackers, get you some real defensive linemen, and let's play fucking football. Straight up. All right. This is my opinion on the Minnesota Vikings starting 0-2. I feel like this. It might be a good thing. It might be, you know, it might light a fire under this you know, team's ass to basically start doing things a little bit differently. I mean, we already seen Dalton Reisner get signed, and now he's a Viking for the rest of the season if it works out. That was something that probably shouldn't have been done a couple of weeks ago. Regardless of how I feel about Dalton Reisner, they knew the goddamn offensive line wasn't good last year, and they didn't do pretty much anything in this offseason to make the shit better. So, therefore, I believe that maybe 0-2 is going to light a fire under this coaching staff, under this franchise, under this organization, you know, under the front office. Because 0-2 is fucking embarrassing. Like, you don't want to start 0-3. And I don't really want them to get desperate where they're just bringing in all these other guys off the street. Like, I don't want them to do that. But I want to see what this Minnesota Viking team is actually fucking made of. Like, we saw them, you know, come back 33, whatever, from the coast last year, but the coast is a sorry-ass team. So it was good. We liked it. Whatever, move on. 0-2, I want to see how they finish the season. I want to see if Kevin O'Connell and his coaching staff is actually back there, you know, working the strings like, hey, we're looking at tape. What can we do differently? What can we do differently to basically we can get, you know, this person open more. What can we do to get this running game going on? Oh, Brian Flores, what can I... I need X, Y, and Z to make sure we can stop the run. I want to see it. I want to see crazy come make another trade deadline to basically bring, you know, somebody on the team that's going to actually make a difference just like T.J. Hawkinson did last year. So, I'm saying, 0-2 may be a good thing. A lot of fire in the ass. But, also who's more to blame? Quesi or KLC? I mean shit, they joined at the hip at this point. I think they both to blame equally. I think Kevin O'Connell is to blame for his whack ass play calling on offense. Um I think Quesi or D'Angelo Mensa is to blame because him not doing what he needed to make his offensive line a whole lot better, um not being able to draft, you know, or sign, you know, Bigger linebackers or bigger defensive players, you know, um resigning old agent players that are over the hill. I mean, I can blame that part about it. But, you know, like I said before in the last segment, you know, that this 0-2 start is basically gonna be basically are going to see what this team is fucking made of. So I say who's more to blame? Both of them. Both of them, because Kevin O'Connell shouldn't have voiced his opinion more. We don't know. Maybe he did, and maybe that's why they signed Ryerson today. Like, voice his opinion more to say, like, look, I need this guy. Hey, my defense needs this. Hey, I need this on offense. And Kwesi, you know, work what he's going to do to get it done. I think I kind of felt like the Minnesota Vikings was going to um, make a move somewhere when we heard the news that O'Neill's contract got restructured and some money got freed up. So, I mean, the rising deal, they could have did the rising deal basically. I believe, I could be wrong, they could have did the rising deal without O'Neal's restructure. So, I kind of feel that there's another move to be made for the Minnesota Vikings. And that's where I ask the question to you viewers right here. Potential upgrades. Running back, defensive line, offensive line, or linebacker. I mean... You basically have trade capital in your draft picks or a certain player that may not be getting some play or whatever. You trades are trades. You you're gonna figure it out. But I wanna know what you guys think the position of need that the Vikings should go to the most to upgrade to make this team more successful. Now we could check off one off the list, which is offensive line. Because they did sign Deshaun – not Deshaun Reisner. They did sign Dalton Reisner today. So we can check that off. But we still don't know what he is and what he's going to bring to this team. How I'm thinking is I think Quace is going to pull another TJ Hawkinson type trade to, you know, get this team, you know, where it needs to be. I feel what I would want him to do is – I think top priority right now is – Get you some beef on the defensive line. Get you somebody nasty that's going to plug the run and help these linebackers run free. Like, I think you probably got to find somebody that's either not excelling, you know, on their current team right now or basically needs another contract or, you know, it's it's different scenarios or whatever on why teams move away from players. But crazy you're the stock market guy. Do your research, get with your scouting team, get with your coaches, identify a nasty defensive lineman and put them on this team. And I believe that will help the team go forward because now you can defend the pass and the run. That would be one of my priority. After that, I will go back to the offense and still, just like I have videos before, your running backs as of right now are, you're starting, we're going to go for them, the depth chart from one to two, whatever. Alexander Madison, Ty Chandler, and fullback C.J. Ham. Now, we've already seen C.J. Ham play way more snaps than he's ever played because of his pass blocking, which he really isn't that good at. Alexander Madison pass blocking; he's not good at that either. But what I'm thinking is this: maybe they should target somebody's. Running back who needs more carries. You know, maybe they should, you know, trade for another running back here and there or you know, something. I don't think it's a guy that's off the streets like a Kareem Hunt as of right now that's gonna make a difference. Maybe, but we never know. So I'm just saying use your draft capital, bring in a running back or whatever, if you can, because I mean, outside of Madison. And Chandler, you don't really have any running backs on this roster that play on game day. Now, with the linebackers, I understand, like, you don't want to try to trade for a D lineman, another running back, and a linebacker. I mean, maybe they can because this team has a lot of holes and they don't have a lot of depth. But that would be my third choice would be actually getting a thumper. And when I say thumper, like – I mean a linebacker that's gonna come down and lay the fucking wood. A linebacker that opposing running backs are we like, okay, let's let's game plan not to run it by this guy. Like, I don't think the Minnesota Vikings have anybody playing linebacker that opposing teams are actually fucking scared of. Like, we need a thumper. We need somebody that's gonna come lay the wood. So that's just we'll What I'll be thinking, like, potential upgrades, you know, excuse me. We already did something with offensive line. D-line will be next. Running back, linebacker. Come on, crazy. Work your magic. Let's see what happens. But that's all I got for you guys today. Um, I really appreciate you guys subscribing to the channel. Hit the like button. Hit the like button. Subscribe to the channel so you can get all the notifications or whatever. You can follow Skull State of Mind on Twitter, aka X, whatever you want to call it, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. So I'm out, you guys. You know, I really hope the Minnesota Vikings, you know, can win the next game. But you know how I end it. Thanks for tuning into the Skull State of Mind podcast. Take a beat to give us a five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. Join us next time, and don't forget to follow Skull State of Mind on all social media platforms to keep up with all the news and updates. Thanks again for listening, and as always, Skull Vikings!